WKDW 97.5 Northport Real Community Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pets Teach Us So Much Radio. Everett and Everett here. I'm Robin Everett. And I'm Joseph Everett. We are animal advocates, pet lifestyle experts, and pet trendologists, bringing you the best pet news and tips. Now, today on our show, we have Eric Hoffer and his lovely wife, Diane. They're going to be talking to us about the Southwest Florida German Shepherd Rescue. And we have to talk about your cat and your dog's mental stimulation and brain health. We're going to be discussing a book by Claire Arrowsmith. Hmm. Plus, we have interesting animal news from around the world. Now, if you think your little fur baby is sick... Realize that our show is for informational purposes only. Get professional veterinary help immediately if you think your little fur baby is not feeling well. Yes, thank you for the reminder. Now we have tons of info today for dog lovers and for cat lovers and for... Turtle lovers. Now why did you choose turtles today, Joseph? We rescued two turtles this week. I mean, the past couple days, it's been nonstop turtle rescue at our house. And just before we came to the studio... You had to do a frog rescue. Frog rescue out of the pool. And what was he doing, Joseph? He was doing the backstroke, and then he kept swimming away from me, and then he got sucked into the uh, to the filter, filter basket. basket off the side of the pool there. And then I opened the top up to get him out, and he's got his little hands out, stretching out. <laughs> help. help me, help me. This wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> Sorry, I went into the basket. <laughs> so you got him out, and now he's safe. And all, all is good with the all world. Is good. So if you're into Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest, find us at TPPC TV. We have a groovy group on Facebook, the TPPC Pet Lover Crew. Like us and join in the fun. Comment on the show, on our page. We would love to hear from you. If you have news or you'd like to be on our show, send an inquiry to info at TPPC.tv. Thank you, Joseph. Now... It's the time of day that everyone knows and loves. It's time, ladies and gentlemen, for True or Poo. Joe the Engineer always joins in the fun. We have Diane and Eric in the studio. Let's all play along. What we do with this game is I'll read some facts, and you guys all need to tell us if it's true, if you think the fact is true, or you think it's poo. So here we go. Here's the first question. Puppies have incidents during the night because they can only hold it until uh, they're about four months old. After four months old, uh, their, their bladders grow and they have a little more control. Is that true or is that poo? Hmm. Interesting. Do you have an opinion, Joseph? I'm going to go true. Diane, what do you say? I'm going to say true. Joe? True. True. Eric, we have all trues, and in fact, that is true. It's up to about four months old. They need to go out more frequently, uh, need a few more potty breaks, and after that, they get a little more uh, control. And of course, the comment is, well, it's a little less time than a human baby, so you're okay there. That's like boys. They were about 12, and they were ready to be... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Joe said boys take till about age 12. I like potty trained. Now, true or poo? Dogs have fantastic internal clocks when kept on a regular schedule. Joseph? Definitely true. Diane? True. Joe? Yes, true. 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 
Absolutely. Now, if you keep a regular schedule, you can really set your watch to your dog. That's different than a watchdog, though, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yes, in fact, that is true. Now, here is the next question. In fact, sometimes there are dogs you could call cat dogs. It might sound really strange, but some dogs may lick their paws to clean their head like a cat. True or poo, Joseph? Gotta go true, because our dogs do that. Oh, really? Is that what you think? I think, well, you you probably... This is probably a... No. Well, what are they doing? They lick their paws and they... Chihuahua washes her face, a little chihuahua. I just want to make sure that's your final answer. That's my final answer. Okay, Diane, what do you say? It's kind of a tough one, because sometimes they lick their paws because they have allergies. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But to use them for their face... That's it's a tough one, Diane. Said sometimes they could have allergies, so yeah. they might lick their paws. I'm gonna say true. True, Joe. When I was a little boy, my mom used to lick a, a, a hanky and wash my face with. Oh, that's that's an old mom thing. <laughs> yeah. And it used to put the point like this. They would take it like this yeah. and go yeah. like this with it. <laughs> they had to yeah. get a finger with the little yeah. handkerchief. So yeah. I, I know dogs that, especially if they go out, I think that the little. Uh, little like, bosigums and stuff. Mm-hmm, in the grass and stuff. But I, I've seen them like scratch their ears, but never mm-hmm. like wash their wash. face or shave. Or but anything. in regards to allergies, anything like that, any type of foreign matter, ticks and things like that, yeah, they, they might do it for the same thing. But Robin's trying to throw that trick question and not yeah, give us I, any points. You, you know what she's yeah, doing there. Yeah. So I said, I'm not saying that's the only reason Okay. That they were going, that, that so they you're might do caveats. that. you caveats. You're doing asterisks and all that. Exactly. Eric, Eric, what do you say? I think it's true. Well, in fact, it, it is true. See? There are cat I dogs. I knew you were trying to steal a point from me. <laughs> there are oh. cat dogs. In fact, they do lick their paws and wipe their ears and, and such. That is, in fact, a fact. You didn't want us to get that point. You no, know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm... Look, we've played a lot of different strategies in True or Poe over these past games. So this one is just... Stop looking over here. I'm not don't looking. Look. He does that all the time. He's cheating, Joe. I don't. Yeah. So I here's not, the next question. It. I'm just looking at the microphone. Dalmatians are born with all the spots on their fur that they're going to have their whole life. True or Poe, Joseph? That is Poe. What do you think? They, they, the spots continue. Their spots change? I don't know. No, no, but are they, they in the more. same spot? Are they in the same spot or the same mm-hmm. amount of spots? Well, you can't say that because this spot could be here, and as a dog gains mass, <laughs> it's going to move. You're such so an you're engineer trying, sometimes. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you're saying that the spot may change places. It may change in, places on the, on, the, on, the, on the body of the dog. Where are we going in? Yeah. I, I'm going to say... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it's poo, and I think they're born white. And their spots develop as they get older. Get, get older. Joe. And I think Diane is right, and I think it's poo. And here's my reason: is that their puppy hair they lose it, mm-hmm. and now you see the spots develop you know, after develop that. Up, yes. Eric, what do you say? I say poo also. I think the pigmentation is there, but they don't, you don't see them. You don't see the spots until the regular fur comes in. I think that you are, in fact, correct. What a bunch of smart people. Da- we have people. some... It's, Dalmatians are born white. You said... You said spots at first. I did. You said I spots kinda, at first. It was kind of a I knew it was question. in the pigmentation of their skin. Mm-hmm. But you said, well, are the spots going to change or are they going to move? Because you were trying to throw question. that trick question All out. right, well... 
trick question. All right, throw it out then. Yeah. Gosh darn it. <laughs> we have a lot of dogs, so we know who and we know. <laughs> you can, you can smell poo. Mm-hmm. We have plenty of Dalmatians in the firehouse. Yeah. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so here's a good one. This one is one of my favorite questions. The favorite game for a dog to play is fetch. True or poo? Oh, the gray matter. <laughs> the well, smoke coming out of your ears. It is the favorite for Philomena. Fetch? It's not the favorite for Chachala. I'm going to go poo. Diane, what do you think? For all dogs? All in general. They're saying, you know, the... Um, in our minds, at least, it seems that the most favorite game for a dog to play is fetch. I'm going to say true. Okay, Joe? I'm going to say poo. I think it's eating the answer. Well, like a game. Let's do like a game. Well, I used to I used to put the dog biscuit on my dog's nose, and when I told him to eat it, and that was a game. Okay. All right. We'll take that as your answer. Eric? I think it's true. I think they like to play fetch better than, or, or some... Permutation of fetch better than anything. Okay. Especially German Shepherds. Yeah. Okay. Oh. I think yeah. Scrabble's the answer. They like <laughs> or cheesy. No. Um, the answer is keep away. Instead of fetch, a dog would rather not bring you the toy or the ball. they rather keep it away from you. And when you think about yes. it, when you play, you really have to go through a lot of effort to get the ball back. And the only reason I said poo is because that's chalk. Chalk gets it, and she doesn't want to give it back. Yeah, that's their So I was thinking there was another trick question. I didn't know if it was the majority of people or... How many dogs? dogs? Four out of five dogs surveyed. I was reading too much into the question again. Did they use the internet? Did they use their thumbs? So that was... That is kind of a tricky question, but... That's why when I was in college, I loved multiple choice. The answer to that. All right. Essay, then you really got to really think about it when you got to write your Not everybody thought the multiple choice was as... As, as easy well, as Well, if you studied and so. listened to your classes and did your work, the oh, gray man oh, should fire off and be there. You. you have a better chance. To you. All right. Now, uh, we're just going to do a couple more questions because these, this, I think it's kind of interesting, that these particular set of questions. In our dogs, uh, all right, so here's, here, I'll set it up. Sorry. Dogs are completely colorblind. True or poo? I think that's true. Diane? Who? They can see some colors. They, they, it's, they can see shades, but they can't, they can't see color like we go because their eyes are shaped differently. Eric? I tend to agree. I think that they can see shades of every different color, but they can't see specifics. That's what I mean. Okay. That's what I mean with Paul. The, the research is showing right now that they are red and green colorblind. So it really doesn't mean much for you as a dog owner other than perhaps blue and yellow toys might be more interesting well, to you. The majority dog. of what dogs use, they use their nose. Because I know when we were training, tra- you know, we were dealing with cadaver dogs and things like that and the bomb sniffing dogs and anything mm-hmm. like that, uh, arson dogs. Mm-hmm. Their nose was because of their snifferton's. Yeah, they were, that's a technical term. Like no, that's real. It was Snifferton's. Snifferton's. <laughs> are so much more. I forgot how many thousands more than a human. Well, thanks for setting up the next question. So here's the question, or here's the, the statement. Dogs' sense of smell is 10,000 times more sensitive than a human being. True or poo? True. 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 Joe, what are you saying? I don't know about the 10,000. I can't tell you. Is True. it a lot more? Yeah. Okay. More than her eyes. 
Okay. We'll take that as your answer. And Eric? I believe that's true. I've heard that so many times, that number. It's actually, there's this latest report on uh, PetMD saying that a dog's sense of smell is 100,000 times. So you're just throwing that on. We're going by thousands. We know it's more. We didn't know the exact number. Oh, you're unbelievable. It's 100,000, not 10,000. Potato, Robin is frugal with points, let me I tell you. I am very frugal. I'm, I'm, I'm a cheap <laughs> pointer. I'm back to the uh, recording machine. <laughs> <laughs> and in honor of our guest today, here is a German Shepherd-related question. All dogs are descendants of the German Shepherd and the Alaskan Malamute. True or poo? I really don't know that answer. Okay. Take it as a pass. Yes. Okay. All dogs, all breeds? Yes. Well, I got an answer. I'm going to say poo. I'm saying poo. I don't want to leave no answer. Okay. I'm more on the poo side than You know, I think I need to rephrase the question. I think I need to throw the question out because I kind of messed it up. I have to be honest here. They're saying that the, all dogs have descended from the wolf family. So between 15,000 and 40,000 years ago, inheriting a complex social hierarchy and behaviors as we know. They said that Alaskan Malamutes and German Shepherds are the breeds that have most closely retained their appearance to the uh, wolves that they descended from. So I apologize for that, but it, when you think about it, you can you do think Alaskan Malamutes and German Shepherds are most, yes. most wolf-like. So you guys did a great job at Truer Poo today. Yay! Give yourself all 20,000 points for today's game. You could just keep them, do whatever you'd like with them. It is okay. I told you we knew poo. Yeah. <laughs> I told you we knew poo. So um, before we move on to our segment with Diane and Eric, we want to talk quickly about the ASPCA. Kudos to them. They have rescued 150 dogs from an alleged dog fighting ring in North Carolina, in case you haven't heard this, um, they had search warrants, they executed the search warrants, and now they're asking for funding. This was um, in, uh, early in December, so by the time word gets around and our show airs, if you want to check out uh, their site, the ASPCA site, you can see uh, that they busted a huge dog fighting ring. So congratulations to them, and thanks to all the volunteers and people involved in rescuing those dogs. Yes, pause up. <clears throat> Our guests today are from the Southwest Florida German Shepherd Rescue. Diane and Eric Hoffer are here. Thanks so much for coming to the show. You're so welcome. Thanks for having us here. Sure. Diane, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, um, after my career in human resources and sales, I started working with our local shelter in New Jersey. Mm-hmm and taking home every German Shepherd that was there. Um, <laughs> the shelters here, I think, I'm really impressed with them because they have a lot of volunteers and a lot of staff that they provide the animals in their care with stimulation and walking. Um, the animals that were in our shelter in New Jersey mm-hmm. got nothing. They were lucky if they got cleaned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um... We'll come back to that in a second. Um, Erica, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, I've never been in in all my work career had anything to do with animals up until about uh, 27 years ago when I met my wife. 
who came with baggage, two cats, and uh, because I traveled a lot. My business was, uh, I'm an inventor, and I dealt with a variety of products to deter people from doing bad things. And I had about 15 patents, I had two manufacturing facilities, and we were the largest in the world on our types of things that we made, both tactically for the military and for businesses for authenticity and, uh, and uh, the ability to detect uh, uh, break-ins and stuff like that. So my background was completely different from uh, any animal behavior. I'm also an industrial psychologist, uh, as is Diane, and uh, we understood a lot about human condition, but not a lot about the animal condition. And we started to learn that when we got our first dog, who was a golden, and then we got our second dog, who was a shepherd. And we started to really get to an understanding of how this, these two breeds, which we still have today, uh, work. And uh, as time went on, uh, as Diane said, she used to bring home dogs from the shelter. And, and to her credit, she started a group called Second Chance for Animals, which is in central New Jersey, and now one of the biggest groups, one of the biggest volunteer groups in, in all of the state of New Jersey. And we, were, we had opened up, uh, in, in her case, she had opened up a lot of uh, um, health situations where she went to hospitals and, and did visitations way before that was, this 27 years ago, way before it was Vogue. And uh, we were the first ones in New Jersey to go to PetSmart with animals, and we set up the nice. PetSmart program when it first when it didn't even exist. Mm -hmm. uh, they would then allow us to come in and to market pets because it was symbiotic. They got a chance to get sales, and we got a chance to adopt their animals. And we worked with the North Shore Animal League. They used to give us their bus. So they would loan us their bus in the mornings on Saturdays and Sundays. We'd fill the bus with animals, bring it to the different pet smarts, and we would be able to uh, do the marketing and the merchandising of these animals there. And we did a lot of, because of our backgrounds, did a tremendous amount of vetting of the people that would adopt mm -hmm. the animals. Mm -hmm. And then we saw to it that the animals went to good homes, and that's what we that's continue really to nice. do today. Plus, we would take all these animals home before we took them to PetSmart and bathe them because our shelter didn't have those facilities. Yes. We even built a room in our house with a special pet room for ba for bathing, a, a child's bathtub, and we made mm -hmm. a little grooming room out of uh, what was would have been our deck. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, before we came on the air, um, Diane had just mentioned, you know, back in the day, there weren't, there wasn't an understanding. And there weren't the facilities that, that now are in place, and the dogs didn't get the stimulation that they get now. So in the rescue community, we're in a much better place now than we were, say, 30 years ago. Absolutely. And uh, as a matter of fact, Diane and I probably fought over a few German Shepherds in New Jersey <laughs> because we're from New Jersey, and we did adopt a German Shepherd from the same place where where yeah. you had been. So it, it is a small world. So now you guys, are I just got. I just want to just say one of the important points that they brought up was the interaction. Oh yeah, with human contact and having to be stimulated with other just in, by themselves waiting for someone to adopt them in a dirty coop somewhere, but being able to be handled and to be brought around, and even if they're, they're brought to different facilities to try to be adopted, they're still getting that, that contact and that, that to feel that you know, they're, they're not by themselves. And that's you know. exactly what I learned at our shelter in New Jersey, which is why I started taking the dogs home. They, shepherds don't do well in that kind of environment without human contact. And they would start shutting down, and we would need... They quickly became unadoptable. So by bringing them into our home and fostering them and exposing them to our cats and dogs and, and, and other people... Definitely. 
it made them more adoptable. Yep. And that's one thing I think a lot of the shelters here in this area do pretty well. Well, the whole demeanor presents a whole different aspect of, you know, than being, like, pulled in like a... Like a, what, what shut you, down. Shut down, yeah. Exactly. We've seen so much of that. Even with equestrians with horses, we did, we've done a lot with equestrian rescue. And a horse would do the same thing. A horse likes to have, you know. Mistrust. You know, yeah. If it doesn't get the proper stimulation and handling. And building that trust factor. And it's the same with feral cats. Yes. And mm-hmm. some of the cats that are, unfortunately, have been dumped on the street have become feral-like because of that lack of human contact. I mean, we, in my opinion, we've domesticated all these animals to be our partners in life, and then sometimes people just discard them like they're garbage. And they're not, and, and they're not, pre- and they're not prepared for that environment. No. And that's one of the things that we stress on our show and the shows that we've been on is that we really pull people away from thinking about, especially during the holiday season, about gifting mm-hmm. a fur baby. It's not the time. It's not there. You just don't get a dog or a cat or any type of animal and give it to a gift to someone without interviewing them, making sure that they're mentally and they're capable of being able to take care of this and financially. Mm -hmm. And just like Eric said before, you got to vet them and make sure that they meet that particular criteria. Right. You know, it's funny. We were watching something on the news this morning and it was uh, an iguana rescue. And they said, people don't realize how much care an iguana needs. Fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, fresh vegetables they said a special enclosure and in fact um it can be more expensive than people are prepared to uh, to pay for and it does cause hardship and uh, they were doing a fundraiser because they've gotten so many iguanas that so many people in florida just let them loose which is like you know of course taboo because you you shouldn't do that for a variety of reasons but down here, they're at least have a little bit better chance that up north you can't do that. I'll just die. But um, we're so glad you guys are here. So tell us a little bit about the Southwest Florida German Shepherd Rescue. Well, we started the rescue a little bit over nine years ago. And the rescue had uh, a, a part to play in the overall program uh, of the foundation that we established. So first we established a, a foundation that, as its premise, would help save dogs and kids by contributing resources to specialized charities, 501c3s, that had the least or zero amount of overhead and were able to to comply with the mission statement that we had, which is non-sectarian, non-religious. Anything that's exclusionary, we don't deal with it. And, And that premise is also only local charities. So we're looking at helping the charities within our own community. Right. We don't believe in these national charities because most of the money there goes to advertising, and uh, that's just not for us. So we do everything locally. And then so we set up the, the uh, uh, German Shepherd Rescue as a part of the Hoffer Family Foundation, which was, by the way, the philanthropy of the year for Charlotte County in 2015. Congratulations. Congrats. That's wonderful. So we were very yes. happy with and, that. And I, will say, I served on the board with the Animal Welfare League for nine years, and one day they called us and said, we have this German Shepherd. It's shutting down. You're always talking about yours. We know you know the breed. Can you help us? So we took that first dog home, and it was the same thing we were just talking about, where the dog was actually shutting down and was afraid. They had separated it from its three house companions, who also were turned over to the shelter. We got that dog adopted and said, you know, we can do this. Let's try again with another. They need help. We're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And 
Now Eric is up over 850 dogs. So Wow. So we uh, typically do um, a, a dog every other day, pretty much. Uh, we've oh, done, my gosh. We've got 110 this year so far, and I have one going out Friday and one going out Saturday of this week. We were away last week on a trip, and when I got home on Sunday, I had a dog Sunday night, and I had it adopted on Monday. So it's... Uh, it's this never ending. It's there's a lot of dogs we pull from nine different shelters, and out of the nine shelters, uh, we never know what they're going to get or what condition the animal is in. And then we pull from people who want to give up their animals. I've had already two this morning. People call up and they say they just can't either keep their animal for whatever the reasons are. I'm not judgmental when it comes to that, but we bring the animal in to test it. We bring the animal over to our home and put the gorda. We test it with our neutral dog and see how it is. We can test it with our cats and see how it is, and then make a determination of the temperament of the animal. And then at the same time, we have a website, which is, if I can mention, yes, please. it's www.swflgsdrescue.com. That's Southwest Florida German Shepherd Dog Rescue.com. And uh, we have all the dogs that have been adopted over the past nine years pictured with their families on the website. Nice. And then uh, you'll be able to see that most of the dogs go out to, to families with kids. And, and or, But we really don't care. We don't care if a person is is older or younger. We find the right dog that fits with them, with their lifestyle, with their ability, their physical ability, their financial ability. We make sure that everybody owns their own home. We do occasionally do a renter because they may be renting for long term or they rent from their parents. But for the most part, we don't seek out young people. We don't seek out anybody that's under 25 to get a dog from us because they have their own life and agenda. So we look for we look for people in anywhere between 80 and, and 25 to uh, to get these animals who have the ability and and the the financial wherewithal at home to be able to do what's needed for the animal. And one thing I think that makes us different from a lot of other rescues and shelters is in order for someone to adopt from us, they are required and they pay for it at the time of adoption to take the dog to training. Mm-hmm. So they have to take at least a six-week okay. basic class, and if it's a puppy, they need to take at least two classes, totally. and we recommend more because Excellent. the better your dog is trained, we totally understand. Uh, and we easier set up, it is to live with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We set up five different organizations, one in Sarasota, uh, one in Port Charlotte, which is my buddy's pet care center. Uh, we have one in, in North Fort Myers. Uh, We have one in Cape Coral and one in Naples. And these centers have people that we respect, that we've vetted, and that have helped us in the past. Uh, And we send people to them, which we get no revenue from what we send to them. But we've created a price, which is $165 for for six weeks of training, which is very, very, very inexpensive. But yet our trainers are all Schutzen rated. They're all Mm -hmm. high-quality trainers. They are all... um, have 25 years plus experience. They all know exactly what they're doing. And we send the dogs to those classes. And then Diane and I teach in Punta Gorda on occasion. We don't teach all the time, mm-hmm. but we teach at the Peace River Dog Fanciers Club, which is also even less expensive, but it's a club. And so that there's always training going on in a social setting. And we don't believe in training one-on-one. We don't believe in house training. We don't believe in doing having a trainer come to your home because if you can make Fluffy do whatever you want in your living room, you probably won't make Fluffy do whatever you want when there's a bunch of kids screaming around mm-hmm. or there's people exactly. in a park or there's cars exactly. going by or what have you. So we do everything in a social setting. Mm-hmm. And one of the things with the trainers that we've selected, A, they know the breed, and B, 
none of us believe that you have to beat the dog into oh. submission. Mm -hmm. So we only look for people who use positive reinforcement exactly. to train the dog. Exactly. There's lots of options available to people, like mm -hmm. search and rescue if they mm -hmm. want to go on with training. And we have a number of dogs that have come from us that yes. are in search and rescue. So... And agility and dog dog divers yeah, and It has to be you. positive. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So In our careers, we've, we've, we've worked in different shows with... with uh, different type of training that we did not like and we no longer worked with that particular program. Well, our, our dogs, go ahead, Eric. Our, our dogs are, are predominantly shepherds in our classes, but mm -hmm. we do accept dogs of every breed. But since shepherds are thinkers, uh, they, are, they think about everything that's done. So every issue, every sentence that comes out of your mouth, whatever you say, is a thought process for a shepherd. If you are negative all the time with a shepherd, they don't want to do it for you out of love. They're doing it for you out of fear. Exactly. As soon as the fear is eliminated, either they'll be not, they won't be yours anymore, or they will not do anything, or they'll shut down. What we do is with everything that with our dogs, we have eight of them, and, and with our own dogs, everything's positive. So no yes. matter what happens, we always end on a positive note. And not all of our dogs are perfect, and not all of the dogs that we get in are perfect. But it, they, what you can do is find the common ground where the dog exactly. is happy. And once the dog is happy, he will do whatever it takes for you. Other breeds, uh, it, it, it does vary. But for the most part, with shepherds, everything with them needs to be done in a positive way. So they know you're happy. They know they're making you happy. And know they that. know that, they've, <laughs> yeah. they, that they have uh, done what they needed to do to comply with your request mm -hmm. but, and, and do whatever it takes to make that, that request happen, get the ball, go out the door, you know, come over when you're called or whatever it happens to be. And they know they're doing it in a positive way. Eric, it's so way. true. It's so true because our dogs knew our facial expression a wink or something like that, and they would go do exactly. Our, our shepherd knew, could read us, mm -hmm. knew if we were upset that day, would lay on our feet because they yeah. knew you had a bad day or something like that. They just, they, they knew everything, what, and they, like you said, they analyzed every verbal syllable that came out of your mouth. Yeah. And with shepherds, I mean, that's not to say, people think, oh, I'm being mean. They do need to respect you. So when I tell my dog, sit, I don't tell them 20 times. I go get them and say now so that they are, comp especially when you have multiple dogs. Positive reinforcement mm -hmm. again. And you now, have, it, yep. it, it is different with like little chihuahuas and some of the smaller breeds that were bred to be lap dogs and things like that. But even then, I tell people, put the dog on the floor. Treat it like a dog and stop carrying it around like a baby. Oh, yeah. after, we, after, after our shepherd passed... We have a little men pen and chihuahua, and they are so close to being a shepherd. Uh, one of the one of the one of the the commands we have in case they get around or they're going somewhere is down, and they drop down on their on their bellies and they know down in case of an emergency. And they're very well. They're not yipey. They're they're. I'm, I'm telling you, the closest thing. Everybody goes. I can't believe your dogs jump in the pool. I can't believe they swim. Chihuahuas are not known for swimming. Men pens are not known for swimming. It's your positive reinforcement and how they it, how they how they are used to reacting in their environment. Mm -hmm. And they want to please you. And they, and yeah. they trust you. And they trust mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Well, our it dogs is. swim. We have a pool, and they swim as much as we possibly can. We keep the pool heated all winter. But yeah, same here. We are uh, because we're local here in the Puerto Gorda area. We throw our dogs on the boat, 
and our boat's names are Doggone It 1 and Doggone It 2. And we have uh, all eight of our dogs, and sometimes we have visiting dogs. They get on the boat also. Oh, so we'll, so nice. we'll take eight to ten dogs down to Fisherman's Village, which is in Punta yeah. Gorda, and everybody stops eating at Harpoon Harry's and, <laughs> and stops eating, runs to the rail and says, hey, look at the, look at the dogs. And, mm-hmm. and they, they, they start counting them, and you can see them they're, they're counting on their hands, <laughs> and they take some neat pictures and always send it to us. And actually one day, which was odd, was the first time it ever happened, somebody called us as a result of that, and we got an adoption that same weekend. Nice. By, that person was just looking for a shepherd. There you go. So we, in fact, we just got a dog flag for our boat. But the, but <laughs> the fact that we have running around with with a eight dogs on the boat or ten dogs on the boat, depending, is kind of fun. And everybody says, did you see that? You know, it's, it's interesting. I do much better with our dogs than humans. Yeah. <laughs> we prefer dogs sometimes <laughs> to humans. <laughs> now, what should somebody do if they would like to get in contact with you? Our, our show is global, but... Um, what if somebody would like to get in contact with you or just would like some more information about the breed or interested in adopting? Well, on our website, I've written about 100 articles, and they're short, sweet. They're two pages, and they will tell you how to, and whatever it happens to be, how to do this or that, or things that we've learned or, or different medicines that we've come up with. But for the most part, certain training methodologies that I've proven that work really well, and I am no, as I said, my background is an inventor. I'm not a dog trainer, but I've trained a lot of dogs. And the fact that the techniques that I've developed and, and have assimilated from different people uh, have, have been memorialized on the website, so you can read that. But to get a hold of us, uh, you can call us, which is easy. It's 941-575-0243, 941-575-0243. That's our direct number. Or you can email at alphadog, A-L-P-H-A-D-O-G-63, at comcast.net. And the information is on the website. So if you go to the website, you can see, A, which dogs we have available for adoption, and B, read our policies and our costs. Uh, And that's important also. We are a 501c3. And because of the way we set up our foundation, we have the people pay their first, every dog from us is $275 for whatever it happens to be. And so we have the person pay the first $150 to the Gulf Coast Humane Society, which is the clinic that we use. Mm-hmm. So what we do there is we, spay, we do spays, neuters, mm-hmm. minor surgeries, all shots, chips, and what have you. So that's, and that's, money goes directly to them. And because we're a 501c3, as, as they are as well, the person gets that as a donation. The Second amount goes back to us. $125 goes to us. And what we do with that money is we use it for food for our fosters. Because we, have, we, we do have a kennel. We do have a beautiful kennel in North Fort Myers, which I don't use. Because every time I leave a dog there, I go into the car and, and, and I feel really bad I that I left the dog. <laughs> yeah, so, I, get in the car. <laughs> so we, uh, we, we, use, we have a kennel. It's beautiful. It's air-conditioned. It's brand new, but we never use it. So we typically have about 10 foster families who I can't say enough about. These are fabulous people who have given up their time and have, have fallen into our cause 100%. And some of them you might have met at the event. And we've taken in dogs with three legs, and we've taken in dogs that mm-hmm. have heartworm, and we've taken in dogs with anything and everything. And we use the fundings for the Gulf Coast Humane to help those dogs and to do them whatever physically they need to be re- rehabilitated from heartworm to, to surgeries. And these are the people that keep the dogs for us. Because we're as large as we are, and we're the largest in the state, we get turnover every two or three days. 
So the two dogs I got in uh, now, uh, this one dog is named Charlotte and the other one is Io, uh, they're going out this weekend. Mm -hmm. So they come in and go out. And the one that came in Monday went out Monday because we have people that we've already established as being qualified adopters. And then I match the person to the dog. We bring their family over to our house. And I don't care if it's the 90-year-old grandmother or the babies in a bassinet. I bring everybody in there because with one person in the family, one kid that says, I'm scared of that dog, that dog's not going to stay there. So we want to meet everybody. And then we put the dog into our dog yard and we have them play with the dog for the better part of an hour. And we watch them. We have a one-way glass and we kind of watch what they're what they're doing from the house they can't see in that we're, we're observing to tell that, you know. <laughs> and uh, secrets revealed that's <laughs> teaches so much and uh, we were able to watch them in the play yard and see how they interact and, and well, if the people are aloof or the dog is aloof then we can make a determination it's not the right fit you know what diane sorry eric i just want to bring up that point you're not supposed to say anything i'm kind of glad you did say something because you know what if somebody's not the right person and they know they're going to be being watched and they're going to they might not want to come because if you're going to watch me, that's fine. Because you're going to see me rolling around in the grass. You're going to see me playing with this dog. I'm going to be down there with them. And you're going to see me how I would react with it. I, I think that's, that's important. You know what I mean? Because, you know, if you're mm-hmm. going to have something to hide, then, you know, I wouldn't mind you watching me. Well, mm-hmm. and that's where we're different from some other rescues. You know, we, while we do watch the people to see if it's a fit, my first question to them generally is, so what did you think? And they say, well, and I say, you know, I'm glad you said it that way because I don't think it's a fit for you. I don't think this is the right dog for you. So we will continue to look for the right dog for you. Oh, Diane, you you guys are great. As opposed to some rescues, they say, here it is, take it or leave it, Mm -hmm. and then you get off the list. Yeah. And... They don't continue to look for the right the vet process that you the vetting process that you guys have is fantastic. fantastic. The best of all the years that we've been involved in this and we've been involved in a lot of years. You guys have the best program. I, I will say the best business plan that we've seen. With with all of our rescues, any dog that is adopted to us, from us, we're careful when we take dogs in to look for the right temperament. Because if the dog is aggressive, we don't take it. Cosmetics is last, temperament is first. And that once we commit to that dog and say that we will get it adopted, we're committed to that dog for life. So we've had situations where people have had unfortunate medical things that have come up where they physically just can't. I mean, we had a woman who was dying and she, her cancer had recurred and she needed to return the dog to us. She was involved in the readoption process, so she could pass with confidence knowing this dog oh, she loved so much yes. was in, in a good family. Totally understood. But that's I important. Have, it is a life Eric, commitment. one second. got to do a station ID. WKDW 97.5 Real Community Radio. That's 97.5 FM. And this is Pets Teaches So Much. We're just going to take a quick break uh, with Eric and Diane and talk about the Common Grounds Meeting Hall here at uh, 12737 Tamiami Trail in Northport, Florida. It's a marriage of the Irish Meeting Halls of Dublin with the New York Coffee Houses of the 1960s. Here we're a small uh, nighttime facility, 50-seat interim performance venue with state-of-the-art sound system for acoustic musicians, poets, comedians, and performers. Expect great music from top-name touring and local talent, along with gourmet coffee and packaged snacks. But during the day, Common Grounds is a meeting hall 
for a wide range of community and civic groups and educational programs. Check it out online. See if your group would like to uh, rent or use the location. Also, we are seeking sponsors for our show. We like to give back to the community, and WKDW is run completely by your donations. So uh, reach out to us at uh, info at tppc.tv, and uh, there are very low-level sponsorships if you want to do a week or two. We recognize all our sponsors, and we appreciate your continued support. Okay, and we're back with Eric and Diane here at this, uh, talking about the Southwest Southwest. We're having such a great interview here. We are 10 minutes over. Our usual time. Our usual time, but this is one of the best run, run, adoptive. I I mean, it's just the the whole process and what they're explaining and how they take care of these fur babies is unbelievable. This is just a great, really a great group. And we're going to go with one more minute and for your closing... So, do you want to give everybody the um, web address again, Eric, and yes, closing it's, thoughts? It's www.swflgsdrescue.com, 941-575-0243. And we have put dogs, by the way, all the way up to Ohio. People have come from all over the United States because they know or have heard about the fact that we, as a rescue, have a different type of dog dog that is temperament specific for families and and dogs that have come out of our rescue we commit to for life so they never have to worry about taking a dog from us if god forbid they have to return it Mm -hmm. and so that they will but overall our rescue is is focused on helping animals as much as we can and helping those the the right people find the right animal for their family And, and i'll just say quickly there is the story of precious which is on our website She's the dog that is up in Cleveland, and this the person who adopted her photographed her every day for eight weeks. And you can see the difference from this dog who was fearful and shut down to running around happy. Diane, can we call you one day when we're on the radio and have you tell us that story? Absolutely. We'd like to hear that full story yeah, in the very lo- near future. We'd love to have you guys yeah. back. Thank you so much for coming in today. You're welcome. And yes, we, we really mean that. We really appreciate it. You guys really put a star in our over our heads here because we it's just nice to know that this is i you know i have goosebumps knowing that what you're doing with these german shepherds because we are shepherd people are you sure they're not german shepherd oh i'm just i'm like (laughs) i'm chopping at the bit a bit i know i I can feel your leg wiggling like i want another when the time when the time is right i will be visiting all right thanks so much guys thank you thank you thanks Okay, so now we want to talk a little bit about how to keep your cat or dog happy with some mental stimulation. And I think we're going to cover cats today. We'll cover dogs next time. Is that okay with you, Joseph? That's fine. Is that, is that, do you want to translate into meow? Yeah, let, let, let me let the cats uh, okay. know. Okay. Let me just give me the book. Meow, 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 meow. Okay, you don't have to... He was holding the book and reading off of... He was actually translating, for those of you... Those who, cats know. I know the cats know, but everybody else... The listeners know, know. All right, Joseph. So this is a funny story. This book came to us, uh, Brain Games for Cats, by Claire Arrowsmith. Now, this book was really one of the best books I think we've seen on Ooh. how to keep yes. your cat happy. 
So uh, she's a lovely woman. We corresponded via uh, email when she has a team of publicists and publishers, etc. And unbeknownst to us, we were corresponding with her. She was in a tiny village in the UK that does not receive tremendous uh, internet. Internet, right. So uh, we were going to have her on the show, but she was unable to appear... We wanted to we wanted to interview we wanted to interview her via Skype, mm-hmm. and she couldn't get she the right internet and cell, and so but, we didn't want to have a. But we want to talk about her book because it really is one of the best books. Talking about how cats learn and what you can do with your cats to keep them entertained, because like Diana and Eric were just talking about, you don't want to cat like a dog to not be stimulated mentally because then they're going to rip up the furniture and destroy everything right definitely you don't want that so the book explains several ways to play with your cat and the drivers for cats to be played with and excuse me one of the important things in the book is the breed tendencies they're Specific cats' uh, breeds have so many different tendencies, whether they're couch potatoes or whether they have a prey drive, that you really have to observe your cat, know your cat, and see what's going on. Exactly. Can you translate it's like, that a minute? It's like, you know, no, I, I will translate after I get this point across. Again, it's that stimulation that they need. Yes. They need the human cat, cat, dog, you know, stimulation. <laughs> Back, cat, you know, cat, well, dog, cat, lizard, cat, lizard, cat, parakeet. snake, you know, dog, snake, people, <laughs> penguin, whatever, you know. You Gotta watch those penguins. Yeah. So, so here are a couple thoughts, actually. It doesn't take much. There are those little, um, like, uh, looks like a, a fishing pole with a little string and a little feather on it or something for the cat to have a prey drive Mm -hmm. to chase after. See if your cat is driven by a prey drive or if they're driven by food. And people, it's a prey drive. A prey drive, not a target stick. Okay? Well, actually, wait a minute. Let's talk about the target stick because did you know that cats can be clicker trained? Well, that's okay, but I'm talking... Well, what they talk about in the book is using a target... And clicker and treat. So one of the tricks is to get your cat to that point. Yeah, okay, target stick, but it's not like they used to use when they, different sea type places that had sea mammals, where they would bop them on the snoot with the target stick. Yeah, we saw that. You're not going to bop them on the snoot of the cat, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. If you're going to use it as a target, as as prey, as they sneak it up to it, as they do their meow, 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 and they're doing the cat walk and the crawl, and they, <laughs> and then they get the, you know, they jump on it. That's a different story. It's not to go, Well, if you could see the interaction, the the live show here in the studio, I don't know why we didn't Facebook Live this one, because there's quite a show going on in here. But one of the other things they talk about is the is using food as a treat, as a reward. Definitely. And that you can never yell at your cat. We talked about this before. Cats don't do well with punishment. No, Only cats positive do reinforcement. Not. Because you know what? Then that cat's going to crank up like a GE power call siren or a big <laughs> Q federal siren. You're going to hear. Are you here? This is what you see on TV, the reporters. And you see the Fur, the back of the fur doing the dinosaur where it starts to spike up a little bit and they start to get a little restless. 
It's not the time to pick up the cat and go, oh, what a sweet cat around your face. Yeah, no. Because they're going to bologna slice you. Yeah, you'll get bologna slice for sure. But the book is Brain Games for Cats by Claire Aerosmith. Highly recommend this. Simple things like putting a ping pong ball in a, in a cardboard box or a, a little crinkled up piece of paper or just taking some paper towel rolls and cutting them different lengths with some treats at them. There's a lot of great ideas in here yes. for you and your meow meow to both be content and fun and, and have fun and bond. And what else do we have, darling? What else do we have? What, well, you know, there's a couple things here. Um, let's talk about uh, money, 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 as they say. Uh, money, 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 <laughs> money. <laughs> so there are a lot of famous pets out there making some geish. And here's a list. Old grumpy cat. Top on the earner list. He did a movie. He did books. He did, uh, you know, he does calendars. Old grumpy is a pretty famous one. And then. Well, what is he worth? What's grumpy worth? About 100 mil. Grumpy's worth a hundred million. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, the cat's legendary scowl. Kind of what else we have? Well, the cat went viral within forty-eight hours. Okay, because of the scowl, his face. The yeah. scowl. Yeah. Uh, Kiko is worth about thirty-six million. He was the killer whale in Free Willy. Oh. Now, unfortunately, you know that that uh, Grumpy beat the crap out of Kiko, though. Well, it, well, Kiko was returned to the wild, Joseph, and unfortunately, oh, didn't have enough time in front of the camera. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> stop! It. What stop. is the matter with you? What? What is the well, matter I see with that you? Grumpy made a hundred million. Kiko only made thirty six. Kiko still had a long career going. Lots of free Willy one and free Willy two, and the public outcry and how cruel it was. All that Keep work he Kiko. had to do. Yeah. All Grumpy had to do was sit there with a grumpy <laughs> face. Ah. Uh, Oh, people, you can't sugarcoat this stuff, I'm telling you. Then there's Moose. He was the uh, Jack Russell Terrier on Frasier. Uh, he was Eddie on Frasier. He earned about 10 grand an episode. He's worth about 3.2, and I think he's uh, passed in 2006. Wow. So he, he was also um, very recognizable. And then just, I have to give Who one more that? because this was one of my favorites, Crystal the Monkey. Earns twelve thousand per episode for animal practice. Unfortunately, the show only aired nine episodes. No matter, the adorable little monkey's been working in show business for twenty years. Wow! Has been in the movies. Oh, that's the one at the night in the museum. Night in the museum wow. and uh, Friends okay. Hangover Part yeah, Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The monkey, Crystal the monkey, has quite a resume. Wow! And has been photographed on the red carpet in beautiful gowns. So, what's as well. the what's the gross? Uh... About 1.5, the movies that Crystal's been in has grossed 1.5 billion, but there is no so figure Crystal's given. doing pretty good. Crystal's in many banana land. Yeah, Crystal's yeah. doing good. Many, many bananas. So Joseph, tell us, what did you learn from pets today? I tell you, I am definitely going to make a grumpy face for the rest of my days. <laughs> I get a photograph and I see mean, who could go viral in 48 hours. I just get a few bucks for a grumpy face. Come on. <laughs> in, instead, he just gets a return no, look from me. All, out of all complete seriousness, I learned today this German Shepherd rescue that we had on today. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The process of how they... What they do for the, for the, for the, for the, for the dog. Yeah. And how they... 
everything. How they vet the dog out to be and a dog. They care. They really, really They care. really do care. You can see that they really do care about what they do. And, you know, uh, one of the things that, that Eric had told us off air, with, and that we're going to bring them back and, and talk more, is how pets have taught people so much. So we're going to revisit that. But if you like pets and you want to help continue supporting them, like the TPPC TV page on Facebook. For Robin and myself, Joseph, thanks for spending some time with us discovering pets teach us so much. Tune in same time next week for more fun and mayhem. Be kind to your pets, and until next week, woofie woo. How much is that dog in the window? <laughs> the one with the waggly tail. How much is that dog in the window? I do hope that doggie's for sale I must take a trip to California And leave my poor sweetheart alone If he has a dog, he won't be lonesome And the doggie will have a good home is that dog in the window <laughs> the one with the waggly tail how much is that dog in the window <laughs> I do hope that doggie is for sale I read in the papers there are robbers <laughs> With flashlights that shine in the dark My love needs a doggy to protect him And scare them away with one bar I don't want a bunny or a kitty I don't want a parrot that talks I don't a bowl of little fishies He can't take a goldfish for a walk How much is that doggy in the window <laughs> The one with the waggly tail How much is that doggy in the window <laughs> I do hope that doggy is for sale.